this is Marketing Then and Now, a talk and tell with Bozo where we talk with experts about trends and practices, current and tried and true, and we tell you how to implement them in your own marketing strategies. It's Marketing Then and Now, now. Hello, and welcome to what is expected to be an artsy-fartsy edition of Then and Now, a talk and tell with Bozell. My name is Jim Mingy, and I will be your host on this journey today. We have a very special guest with us, Heather McCain, and she is going to paint a virtual picture for us, share some stories of work she's done on projects outside of Bozell, including her work with the Refugee Empowerment Center. But first, first, I want to start with the running. So the you, running. You run a lot, right? You run a lot, yeah. So every day? Tell, tell us about this, this running thing you do. I don't run every day. I ran this morning, but I've been doing a lot of biking as well because I'm getting older, old-ish. <laughs> so I'm doing a lot of biking and running. It's kind of like my way to clear my head. It's like the only time during the day where I have some alone time. So yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you if that's kind of that how you unplug yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, do you when you're running? Are you are you completely unplugged from work, or do you run and like and and kind of think about uh, you know ways to approach a project or a client that you're working with, or is there just what do you what are you thinking about? Is there just a, a blank? <laughs> I'm generally not thinking too much. I'm listening to a lot of music. Okay. Um, I don't really think about work while I'm running. At least I hope I'm not for the yeah. most part. Usually the time where I'm thinking about work is like um, outside of like working hours is like in the car while I'm driving or, you know, just going for a walk or whatever. But yeah. All right. Um, well, let's talk about art direction. How did you gravitate to art direction? Um, you know, what does that path look like? How you got into it and to, and to you know, how it led you to where you are today at Bozell? Um, well, I remember distinctly telling my parents that I wanted to be a photographer when I was like 12 years old and my dad was like uh this guy's those people don't make any money and I'm like I don't think you should be that like maybe be a teacher instead I'm like "Uh," you know as I get older like teachers you know I don't know that's a really really hard job and um so I I and they don't make much money either no So I took a few art classes in high school, and then I went to college, and I really intended to be a photographer, but I had to take more than just photography classes, obviously. So I took some graphic design classes and journalism um, classes, and I just kind of fell in love with graphic design in college and um, just kind of made that my area of expertise versus photography, I guess. You still do a lot of photography, though. Yeah. Yep. Do you? I know you do photography for work for Bozell. Um, do you do like? Are you doing senior portraits outside of, of work and like side hustles or anything like that? Uh, or do you... I do a little bit. I've done some weddings, which you, okay. is like super stressful. By the oh, way, yeah. as a photographer, because like you're hitting people on their like most emotional oh, day man. imaginable. You know, like that and having a baby is like, oh god, what's happening? You know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I still love it. It's still part of my life. I shoot for the College World Series, which is kind of through Bozell. Um, and I do a lot of like, you know, sports, athletics, and sometimes I help my husband, who's a real estate agent, shoot some photos for work. But So you've been at Bozell how long? Uh, 10 years in July, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
almost a whole decade. So did you work in, in advertising with, with your graphic design? Did you start right out of school into uh, an agency? I started at the Omaha World Herald um, right out of okay. college. And I worked there for probably nine furious months um, <laughs> doing everything, like so many car ads and just, you know, things that you see in the paper. So you were working on the advertising side? Yeah. Okay. I was still designing, so I okay. like that was my job, graphic designer. Okay. Um, and then I worked for a local college and like their media and marketing department, so I learned about like buying ads on the radio and, and um, buying TV media, and I learned a lot about production, like design production, because I had to go on like print press checks and stuff like that. Um, and then I got a job in a, at an agency right after that at Swanson Russell. And I was there for about 10 years, and then I just kind of made my way here. And you're still doing car ads. I'm still doing car ads, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got you know, a client or two that... <laughs> it's that, a full circle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you sit down, well, I guess you, you stand up when you work, don't you? Yeah, I stand so, up. So, okay, when you stand up to work, you, when you dive into a project for the first time, and maybe, I'm sure it's probably different for you know for every client and every project. But I mean, is there a, a process like, all right, I'm at my computer, I've got this music on, um, you know, this is my jam to get me going. How how do you start that process when you're uh, starting with a, a client from fresh? Um, usually, I try to just absorb as much information as possible as quickly as possible. So, like, I try to immerse myself into the product for an hour or two and and then just trying to learn as much and as quickly as possible so that I I can start as quickly as possible. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, And usually I'll just start working, um, start writing. I usually start by writing down headlines even though I'm an art person. I tend to think in like headline terms so that's how my ideas come to me generally and then I'll try to mirror it with a visual. Um, but usually it helps just to immerse myself in the problem, come up with, try to come up with a solution that's creative and clever, and then walk away with it, walk away from it for a few hours or a few days, and then come back to it and see if it still makes sense. Um, do you have like a an overarching philosophy that that you apply to art direction, um, no matter what the project or client might be? I don't know if I have an overarching <laughs> philosophy other than I think that um, like not one person can solve a problem. Like I think the way that most agencies work traditionally is you get a room full of people or at least an art director and a copywriter and try to attack the problem and come up with a solution. So I guess my overarching philosophy is that the more people you have in the room, and the more diversity you have in the room, as far as like diversity of experience, diversity of background, education, like lived experience, the better you're going to be able to attack the problem and come up with a good solution, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So like if, I don't want just me in the room and I don't want five Heathers in the room or five gems. I'd rather have a room full of very different people because I think that you're gonna come up with a better a more innovative and probably more creative way to solve the problem. I like that. Um, let's talk about maybe one of the most challenging projects you've had here uh, at Bozell. You know, what made it challenging? How did you, 
is there one that sticks out in your mind, you know, over the last 10 years that, you know, it's really challenging, but you came up with a solution and ultimately, you know, solved the problem and had it had a good outcome? I mean, I think that advertising for car dealerships is challenging, mainly because the market is so overrun with tons of ads about cars and they all sound the same and yeah you get the best deal here and come down right now and we'll give you the you know everything like they're all shouting and everything sounds the same so i think that that's super challenging and also super fun to think about it in a different way and i think that the way that carrie and i who's the copywriter solved that problem a couple of years ago was like having the cars speak themselves yeah. giving them their own personalities and having them talk about the deals and what it meant for them to be accepted as cars by new buyers and just you know that was kind of a fun way to approach a very crowded marketplace yeah. you know f- as far as like car sales go and things like that so yeah I mean that's fun and the client's great so I feel like they trusted us and they gave us the opportunity to try something different and it worked and it yeah it turned out that I know what you're talking the the ads that you're talking about and they turned out really cool because you were able to digitally you know make it seem as if like the hood of the car was moving like lips yeah 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 so it's like cars the movie basically like yeah you can but manipulate. it but in real with like a real it wasn't it wasn't a cartoon or an illustration it was right. like with real cars yep. which is really cool can you talk about the 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 tech that went into making that happen I mean. Um, our animator, yeah, was able to do it in, I think it was either Premiere or After Effects. And basically you can just, I mean, it's just like the movies. You can stretch things, make things move. And then the two voice actors that we had to voice the two cars that, or play multiple cars, were comedians and improv artists. So it okay. was, so putting them in a studio and allowing them to speak as the cars was always very funny and we always left the studio just like just like tears streaming down our faces because they were just they'd ad lib too and it was just so funny yeah it was a lot of fun um what about one of your all-time favorite uh projects would i would same or can't say the same one you gotta pick a a different one maybe that maybe that car client was one of your favorites but is there another another favorite that you have that you can talk about um, yeah, that's really tough because I feel like they're all my, your babies. Well, a little bit, but also like I'm always excited to work on the next project. So like the next project is my favorite part, yeah. you know, like, yeah. um, but we just wrapped up shooting with the zoo, Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium for their new baby elephants, Ooh. which was obviously very fun and yeah. just to hang around the, the zoo and, and hanging around the two baby elephants who were just like watching little toddlers and babies run around um that was obviously very what fun. were their names eugenia and sunny eugenia and what sunny okay <clears throat> yeah so they're like you know three months old four months old and they're just learning how to walk and tumbling over each other and That's cool. doing all and then we had a um a child voice the two or speak as one of the elephants. So that was kind of fun too. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How has the world of art direction uh, evolved? And, and maybe let's just, to that 10 years that you've been at Bozell, I mean, 
what have been some of the biggest changes with you know technology um you know philosophies how you know just some of the the big the change the biggest changes over those last 10 years what maybe what's one of the thing that's you know changed the you know the most where it's maybe almost night and day from what it was 10 years ago to to today um obviously the technology has changed dramatically as far as social media goes and um, advertising on social media and um, that I think that's obviously the biggest change and time like the time that it, that you have now to make to create advertising whatever that is whether it's social advertising in social media or advertising on TV or even in print like it's so much I feel like it's happening so much faster because a lot of times we're reactionary to what's going on in the world or it affects trends um, you obviously see that in like TikTok and yeah. things like that but yeah i think just time and and the technology is just moving at such a rapid pace you just have to be able to adjust i don't think i mean i think the basics still remain the same you're still just problem solving advertising is just problem solving nothing changes there but just the technology changes you have to be fleet-footed which you are quick <laughs> yeah <laughs> Very quick. <laughs> let's let uh, let's talk about a, a project or two out that you that you uh, work on outside of Bozell. Um, you're on the board of the uh, the Refugee Empowerment Center here in Omaha. Um, first, what does the center do, and and how did you become involved with them? So the Refugee Empowerment Center resettles refugees. Um, who come to Omaha from various countries all over the world. Um, they'd help them get settled in new homes, help them find jobs, help them learn English, um, learn how to drive, just basically start a new life here in Omaha. They typically come from, typically these refugees come from war, war-torn areas or, you know, they've been displaced. Um, we've all seen the news like in Syria and Ukraine and Afghanistan and yeah um, so yeah it's just it's happening daily and um, Omaha is one of the largest refugee resettlement areas in the country per capita which most people don't know yeah you would think it'd be one of the you know east or west coast because that's where they arrive I mean obviously, how do they get to the center of the US <laughs> Meta, um, it, it's kind of a long story, but um, typically what happens is there are refugees. There are 65 million of them in the world, which is a very large and Jeez, scary I had number. I no idea it was that big of a number. Um, and a lot of them have made their ways to refugee camps, and they work with the UN, and then the UN works with VOLAGs, which are voluntary agencies. There's nine of them in the U.S., so they get sent um, to these VOLAGs, and then the VOLAGs have resettlement agencies all throughout the country and we work with one in dc and so that's how kind of we get connected and generally refugees if they have family members or friends in different cities that's how they get sent to a particular city so okay. uh, that's typically how it works a lot of times it doesn't happen that way but if they have family already here then they'll get sent here have you seen any uh, refugees from uh, ukraine yeah, I from know the, from that at least for, since the war started. Yeah, I know that they're here. There have been some. Okay. I don't know if if our agency has resettled them. Um, I know we, there's like three different resettlement agencies in town. But yeah, there, I think I'm I'm certain there are 
refugees already here. So how did you, what's your connect, how did you find them? Or how'd they find you? Refugee Empowerment Center? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Laura, who works at Bozell, her really good friend, Brian, um, is an immigration attorney and he used to sit on the board. And so he reached out to her because they needed a board member with marketing and like PR experience. Oh, okay. And so I was at the same time looking for opportunities to be of service outside of work. Um, so it just kind of lined up like in my head, I was already looking yeah. and then Laura sent out the email. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Cool. So yeah. Just How long jumped. ago was that? Like three and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've bought a, a candle that you that you brought in from the center. Tell me about the the candle project. Oh yeah, project. All I know is I got a cool candle out of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I brought one. I brought another one for you. Oh okay. Yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Project Refuge was a brainchild of our previous executive director Amanda Kohler. We were just looking for ways to supplement the income that the Refugee Empowerment Center brings in because obviously we're a nonprofit. We're not making huge sums of money. We're just trying to help people get resettled here. So we just needed a way to supplement our income. And she's like, well, let's just, maybe we should just try this. And so we just kind of over the weekend bought the supplies. I designed the labels in like probably a half an hour. We printed them off at like Kinko's. We made the candles, labeled them. Um, Basically set up at Walmart on 72nd for like one weekend and we sold out of them like very quickly and so how we, many like were you talking like hundreds thousands i mean i mean it was like i don't know it was hundreds for okay. sure okay. and so we're like okay well that went fast <laughs> and we were pleasantly surprised by the reception that we got and so we set up an online store and people started ordering them and okay um yeah it just kind of took off and the main reason that she wanted to start this i guess was for two reasons was to if you donate like $15 a month, every month, you'll get a candle sent to you. You know, every quarter you get one candle and this is just kind of our way of like saying thanks for, for donating, but it's also a way for us to secure income, like a monthly income yeah. that comes in that we know that we'll have. Um, especially in like the last administration where the ref- refugee resettlement was kind of cut to like bare minimums we weren't getting that income from the federal government so we needed a way to supplement that income with something else and that's what the candles provided but they also provided an opportunity for refugee women to come learn how to make candles help make these candles get paid get paid to make candles and but also um, you know, practice their English while they're there making candles. And a lot of times, like refugee women, this is like their first job outside of the home. So it was a way to like train them for like job, like real job experience. So, so like when they leave, they can go get a job somewhere else and they have that. They're learning English, they're learning job on the job experience, how to work with others. Very um, cool. Yeah, so it was kind of like a two-pronged effect. So you did the you did the branding, uh, yeah. It was a quick one, but for the candles, um, have you done any other kind of branding or design work? Uh, like, did you help like on like on the website or what other kinds of uh, yeah, as far as your yeah. marketing so, talents do you bring? Yeah. So when I joined the board, I guess the main reason they wanted to bring in a like a marketing 
person was they didn't have any awareness. Like people didn't know that we existed, even though we had been in Omaha for basically 20 years. Like they didn't know that we were doing the work and we need people to know that we're doing the work so that they'll donate and help us do more work. So basically I was brought onto the board to kind of raise that awareness. So I rebranded them. I gave them kind of a, uh, a look, a brand look and, um, on social media and, and, um, and in brochures and videos to try to grow followers on social media and try to gain that awareness. And I also like worked with local reporters to try to get stories, you know, about us, about the candles, about our resettlement efforts. And so, yeah, it was kind of a big deal, but it seemed to work. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome, man. (laughs) Well, that's very cool. And, and, uh, and that's, and it's, and it's cool because Bozell fosters that, that kind of, uh, I mean, it's, there's, there's so many projects that so many of the employees here at Bozell work on. Uh, to pay rent for the space that they occupy on earth and, and you're obviously certainly doing that so yeah I definitely think that Bozell like that's our unique proposition that's the sets us apart from other agencies is like I think we actually live it like we do the good yeah. and no matter like we've been around for 100 years and even though we've been worldwide and small or regional or whatever I feel like we're always giving back like you know we help make a wish there are other women's fund we help in so many areas and i think that's what really is that that makes bozell different is we're actually doing the good work yeah. so yeah i don't know talk the talk walk the walk yeah i think so yeah. yeah well hey heather thank you uh for joining us today this is some nice insight on the world of an art director at bozell and what you do and projects you've worked on and uh, appreciated you uh, sharing that with us, but I can't let you go until oh, we, God. Do, we do a quick three questions. Okay, they're easy. These, these, this is this the is fun like part. The, this is the easy part. This is like the Stephen Colbert answer these ten <laughs> questions. <laughs> but I whittled it down to three because okay. you know we know you know people are busy. So, okay. uh, favorite advertisement of all time of any advertisement in the, in the world, any, wherever it came from. Favorite, do you have a favorite advertisement of all time? I do. Okay. And it is the Darth Vader kid Volkswagen oh, yes. commercial. Yes. That is my favorite advertisement of all time. Yes. Yes. I, that's, it, it, that may be mine as well. It's either my first or second. But yes, I, that commercial... And do you, do you go back and watch it and try oh, to find yeah. it on you and just, you know, you probably got saved. I do too. And then just, I mean, I, yeah, that, that is. Because like, I feel like obviously whoever came up with the idea is probably my age, like grew up with Star yeah. Wars, now has kids of their own. Yeah. Like, so it, I just, it works on so many levels. Yeah, it's, it's just, per- it's perfect. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite artist or, or favorite work of art? Um, uh, you know, you can... Ooh. I basically like anything that's in the National Portrait Gallery. Um, How about your favorite photographer? Annie Leibovitz is pretty good. And actually worked with Bozell back in the day for the Milk Mustache. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. She has a way of just like... Yeah, what is it? I don't know. I think it's like the stare that she gets out of people. like that are Like the way she gets people to connect to the camera... 
is just it's different than anybody else's and i don't i don't know how she does it obviously (laughs) so she must make some sort of connection with people i don't know very cool all right last question uh favorite music to listen to uh while working or creating or or jogging running yeah um i have pretty eclectic music taste but i probably listen to hip-hop or rap the most while i'm working like while you're working yeah i really love um like kendrick lamar and um yeah just it for whatever reason i'm always like bouncing my head to that I love rap and hip hop, but I find it hard to, to you know, when I'm writing. You're writing. That's different. Because I, mean, I, like, I, I want to listen to the, it's so, so, so much, so, uh, so much lyric driven. Yeah. That, you know, I, I stop writing and I'm listening instead of, yeah, you know, trying to do both. When I have to like concept or like think in headlines, I'll turn everything off because I, I have to like. Like complete silence. Yeah I, yeah. I can't write and listen to music at the same time, I guess. But yeah, hip hop, rap, same thing with running. But I'll I'll listen to everything. Just like I'll listen to like '90s alternative all the way to like Motown. It it depends. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, hey Heather, thank you for joining us here today on uh, Then and Now, a talk and tell with Bozell. Enjoyed having you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, I have to ask what the heck is going on inside your head what is wrong what is stopping you from subscribing to this podcast you should have done that by now but just in case you haven't please subscribe we'd love to get new subscribers we'd love to get comments if you'd like you know we'd like to get feedback if you'd like to you know give us a rating we we'd enjoy that as well and uh i guess that 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 wraps up another edition i told you it was going to be a, 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 a an artsy edition and i think we delivered yeah. so Until next time, this is Jim Mingi signing off from the Bozell Studios at 2215 Harney Street, somewhere in Middle America.